Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, Positively Different Radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Good morning, Mon. How are you? Or shall ya? I call you Santa Monica? <laughs> I mean, I'm not much of a saint, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about Santa Claus this morning, and whether, yes. Santa, and whether Santa is a anagram for Satan, and I'm thinking, well, you know, there is a place called Santa Monica, there so um, and Mon does get up to mischief at times. Maybe what? There's, maybe there's something behind this. Maybe there's something to this. I've been exposed. Everyone knows my secret no. now. But if you want to know what the word Santa means and why there is a place called Santa Monica and Santa Fe and Santa Maria and Santa Barbara, then stay tuned. We're going to talk about it at the end of the show. Where does yes. Santa come from? From our question Santa of the Claus. day. And of course, we know what we're talking about in the question of the day because this is the delayed broadcast show. And uh, if you'd like to jump across the live show, you can certainly do so. Just go to faithfm.com.au or download the TuneIn app and search for Faith FM Australia or give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM and pester us to get the live broadcast out to you. Wow, what are you grateful for this morning? Dumpster diving. What? Yes. Dumpster diving. Absolutely. Is this how you're doing your Christmas shopping, Lyle? This is how. Just paid for all of my Christmas shopping by dumpster diving this morning. Uh, I'm impressed that you're getting your Christmas shopping done ahead of the 24th, but <laughs> getting it out of a dumpster, maybe not so much. Like, please Wait, so I, arrived, I arrived here early this morning. There's a big dumpster outside. I always dumpster dive. You, know, you, you never know what treasures you find in a dumpster. Did you find anything good? I filled, I filled the back of my car up with um, pieces of extruded aluminium. There's probably $100 worth there. Is this what your poor wife's going to get for Christmas? Some extrude yeah. aluminium? No, I'll turn, I'll, turn it, I'll turn it into cash first. Because I'm pretty sure she'd give you some paperwork in return. <laughs> <laughs> My car is loaded down. Even with aluminium, it is sitting on the bump stops. Uh, so, so you're going to recycle this, right? Yes, it'll go to the recycle. Oh, very nice, yes. Yeah. Re- yes. Extruded aluminium is um, very high quality aluminium to recycle. It's worth a lot. Oh, who would have thought you'd be such a greeny, Lyle? Hmm. Yeah. I'm a capitalist. There's money involved. <laughs> oh, I see. I see how it is. <laughs> Only green when capitalism is involved. Anyway, this is the delayed broadcast. It's all happened. Um, that's why we know what's coming up in the show today. And, uh, of course, if you want to listen to the live show, you know how to do that. Just we just told them, Lyle. You, you're no, literally repeating ourselves. Repeating. Okay. You're supposed to ask again. me what I'm grateful for oh, now. Well, all right. What are you grateful Lyle. for? I'm grateful because for the first time since December has started, I have got some free time today to go home and clean my room because my room is a mess. I'm sure everyone's experiencing the same kind of December that I'm experiencing where they've like accidentally double booked pretty much every day of December and it's just hectic. Why is December so busy? Uh, it's just it's the way crazy. it is. But summer cleaning coming up for Mon. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Anyway, stay tuned. Great show coming up now. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise Just to know, thus says the Lord Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus Just to trust His cleansing blood
Chelsea Moon with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And it's time for the quiz. What's our first clue yes. for the quiz there, Mon? Okay, look, guys, I've made this an easy one. This is a very famous, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's a very famous villain. So that's another clue Ooh, in and of itself. So yeah, very famous villain this morning. Who am I? Clue number one. The man who killed me would receive the king's daughter, great wealth, and his father's family would be exempt from taxes. Ooh. I'm not really interested in the king's daughter, but I'd love to be exempt from taxes. <laughs> mm. Do you know who it is? No, Lala's I thinking. Don't. Lala's I thinking. Lala's right out of guess, and Lala's guess is correct. <sighs> But if you yeah. give us a call now and tell us the answer, we will send you the prize. Uh, our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your answer, 0491-064-669. Do you know what I want for Christmas, Lyle? What do you want for Christmas? I want an easier texting number. Our 1-800-FAITH-FM number is really easy to What about to one of those 1-3 numbers? <clears throat> yeah, like a, te- a texting like zero four. Faith FM. That's our text. Wouldn't that be great if that was our texting yeah, number? Yeah, or just a, a three-digit, I mean, a six-digit yeah. uh, one-three number. Though. They're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want for Christmas. I hope our producers are like something like one-three, one-three, one-three. Yeah, yeah. Because who can remember that? I'll text him a zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. It's very complicated. You have to write it down. Yeah. They, Get your passenger to write it down. <laughs> Most commuters, I imagine, would be driving themselves. If you look around in the morning at other commuters, there's usually people by themselves in their cars. Mm. Yeah. Pull over. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Pull over. over, and by the time you've pulled over, we've moved on, and they haven't got the number. All right. We will announce this number again uh-huh. in just a moment. So pull over now. Yeah, pull over now, mm-hmm. and, and get your pen ready, or just write it in your phone. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and if you have a cool texting number that you can donate, give me that for Christmas, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I am just going to talk about Christmas for a little bit, Lyle. Um, so Christmas this year has been a bit of a tumultuous event for me. Uh, so initially, with my because my family is down in Tasmania. Okay, I have to butt in. Go on. Everybody's all pulled over now. Okay, okay, good. So here it comes. All right, here. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text us who you think the answer to our pro- um, quiz is, and we'll send you the breakfast Bible prize. So, Lyle, yeah, Christmas. So my family lives in Tasmania. And uh, and I'm up here in Newcastle, and I was going to fly down to Taz uh, for Christmas. But when we went looking at flights, the airlines had hiked the prices up astronomically, mm-hmm. like astronomically. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so expensive that we decided, you know what, we actually can't afford to do Christmas this year. And so we were going to skip Christmas and have like Christmas in 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 January. Just to give you an idea, flights were coming up to around about a thousand dollars to fly from Newcastle to Launceston. Yes. And uh, and if you waited three weeks and went towards the end of January, it would have come down to like 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's, it's pretty extreme. And so my family was a bit sad. We were like, okay, we're not going to do Christmas on Christmas. Um, and then in the last minute, uh, one of the airlines here in Australia had like a flash sale, an eight hour flash sale. And my mum got, uh, they actually, my parents gifted me the um the, the flights go, to go home for Christmas. They they were cheaper. They're still not still not what I would call a reasonably priced flight. They were still quite expensive, but they made it the Christmas present. So my Christmas present this year for my family has been flights. Um, so I will be going down and seeing them on Christmas Day. Down um, to the promised land. Oh come on now. <laughs> I did notice, however, this is so sneaky. So I'm flying with Jetstar, right? So yeah, sure they dropped their pl- prices for a little bit, but. You know how when you buy a ticket with Jetstar, it doesn't include your baggage? You have to buy that separately as you're going through checkout. Otherwise, you don't have any baggage on your ticket. They've hiked the prices of the baggage up. Because I used to know all the baggage prices off by heart. 
basically a dollar a kilo. Ah, so it's like yeah, 15 yeah, kilos yeah. is 15 bucks. So mm. if you want to go up to 40 kilos, it's 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. But they've made it so like 40 kilos is like 300 bucks. <gasps> yeah. So it's like, it's they're trying to find a way to get the money. So yeah, they take the, they take the cost off the ticket, but they add it to the baggage because everyone's There's an easy solution to this. You don't fly with any stuff, but it's Christmas. Everyone's flying with presents and they know it and they're taking advantage of that. Yeah, they're sneaky. But there's an easy solution. What's that? Post your presents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And wear your baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just layer it on. It's amazing. <laughs> my, my youngest son was like uh, 17 or 16 or something or other, called me one time from an airport. He's like, I've got too much baggage. I can't get on the plane. I'm like, dude, there's just an easy solution. I says, go to the go to the bathroom, put on every piece of clothes that you've got, and then go back and check in. You'll yeah. be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did. He walked on like you know, yeah. like um, Santa Claus, big and round, and the first, <laughs> first Southwell that's ever been big and round. <laughs> Because your family is quite thin. And he wore everything he had. <laughs> That's funny. I've had to do that as well. I did that uh, with Tiger Air. For those of you who have ever flown Tiger Air, you know that you can check in just fine. But right before you get on the plane, they, they weigh your hand, hand baggage and that's where they sting you. Yep. And so I got down there. I knew I was way overweight. Yeah. So I, I went to the bathroom. I put on every single eye. I had like three pairs of pants on that kind of a deal. And I thought I'd be fine. I, my plan was like, I'll just I'll just go through the little last little check-in. I'll get on the plane. I'll wait till we've taken off. I'll go to the ladies and I'll take it all back off again. But it wasn't that kind of a flight. It was one of those flights where you, you go through what you think is going to be the little tunnel to get on the plane and it's actually walking out onto the tarmac into the blazing hot sun and they're standing there. And it was, and I was at the end of the queue. It was like a 40 degree day? It was a 40 degree day. By the time I got on that plane, Lyle, I was pretty sure I was about to pass out from just being so hot. I got to my seat and I was sitting next to these two little, um, two little Asian tourists who like didn't speak a scrap of English. And I wanted to apologize and explain why I was about to be really weird, but they didn't understand me and so I was like I can't I can't wait till take off and I can't wait to get to the bathroom I'm just going to do it right here right now and I started just like stripping off all my clothes and they were just staring at me in horror <laughs> like is she gonna stop <laughs> anyway well the Germans you know <laughs> <laughs> I did stop before I got too um, undressed but anyway uh, I took off my shoes my socks everything anyway so so there is an airline this is the good news part of this oh by the way I need to, I need to throw another hint out there for everybody a tip, a traveling tip mm-hmm. right now. Okay, so when you're traveling with cabin baggage and they're going to weigh your cabin baggage, um, the contents of your cabin baggage will usually weigh less than the bag itself. The bag itself. Yep. So what you do for cabin baggage is you take a plastic bag. That's right. Put your, you know, problem solved. You, 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 can, you can more than double the amount of stuff that you can carry onto a plane. If you're just going to pluck your bag. If you just and take I'm actually, a plastic bag and they're not that hard to carry. Everybody you gave me this tip. like it's just a shopping. Yeah. You, you, gave gave me, you carry bags when you go shopping all the time. What's the problem? You gave me this tip a couple of days ago and I am going to try using it for the first time for my trip down to Christmas because I, I'm sure everyone's heard now all the airlines in Australia have now changed their policy. That most of them, like with the exception of Tiger, they wouldn't weigh your carry-on. And so I think all of us knew what we were doing when we <laughs> packed all the books in our carry-on <laughs> and the light stuff in our check-in. But they've now decided everyone's going to um, be weighed both both hand hand luggage and carry on. I mean, check in. So I'm a little bit nervous about that because that was always my sneaky way of getting stuff on board. But I am going to try the the the, the plastic, plastic bag, bag method. It's the best. Anyway, JetBlue. It's another airline. I think they're in the UK. They have decided to try and put the uh, a good spin on airlines at Christmas because a lot of people do get cranky with airlines at Christmas. <laughs> And uh, they have, they're doing an initiative where they are gift wrapping people and delivering them to their loved ones on Christmas, which is very sweet. Um, gift wrapping 
people. Yes, gift wrapping people. So it's it's basically. I know that I want to be gift wrapped. <laughs> I like clothes. <laughs> it's a it's not paper. It's called the Go Get Gifted contest, and so people can enter. You have until um, I think tomorrow to enter this, and so basically you enter. You tell the people uh, why you want to get gift wrapped and sent, and they will pay for you to fly anywhere in the world. Whoa. To be with your family, they fly you out Christmas Eve, and they deliver you, and you will be gift wrapped and delivered in a variety of packaging styles so you can get gift wrapped in a full human like blue mummy yeah gift wrapping like a mummy or they put you in a big box and deliver you to your family so i think that's so sweet i wish i'd entered that before my parents bought me these crazy expensive (laughs) flights i would love to have been delivered i mean i didn't have to go that far newcastle to, to to lonnie but uh but yeah this is i think one way that i think all i think every single airline should have this competition every year where you can like enter to be delivered for free to your family at Christmas because it's you know it's an important time for your family to get together. One other thing I wanted to talk to you about Christmas is uh, the Let Us Adore Him Christmas celebration. So for those of you who who do have a family, or even if you don't have a family and you're looking for something to do this Christmas, you can come along to uh, what is essentially a Christmas uh, uh, service. It's a Christmas celebration. So it's a Christmas celebration. Yeah, absolutely. So there's going to be uh, songs. There's going to be carols. There's going to be you can join in the singing, and there's also going to be special music items. There's late. Brown, Brown, Braden Entman, uh, the Maitland Ladies Group, the Stones of Eden. We play their stuff on here all the time. Dr. Sawyer Easton, uh, an amazing violinist, uh, and the Maitland Men's Group as well, and uh, and some other groups as well will be performing. And uh, it's free entry, and it's going to be from uh, 10 a.m. on the 22nd of December. So that's coming up in, like, what, uh, nine days now. And it's going to be at the Maitland SDA Church. So the address is 72A Brunswick Street, East Maitland. And there's going to be a special Christmas message presented by our very own Lyle Southwell, our breakfast show host here. And uh, it's going to be a be- it's going to be a wonderful day. It's going to be a beautiful experience, and it's free. So if you'd like more information, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM, and come along to the Let Us Adore Him Christmas Celebration Service. Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every
with you say and we're about to have another clue for our quiz so get your thinking caps on now see if you can figure out who this villain is mm-hmm. okay so clue number two. Oh, hang on i'm on the wrong side of this clue card who am i when chased by saul david went to alimelech the priest and got my sword from him Mm. Mm. Who so is that? No sword like that sword. Yeah, give us a call one eight hundred Faith greatest, FM. The greatest sword in the land. It must have been a pretty big one if it was that great. Okay, so I'm kind of interested in this story um, <coughs> about drop bears. Uh, drop bear, the first ever complete drop bear skeleton has been found in Kamatsu Cave in Western Australia. What? Kamatsu. Have you never heard of Kamatsu Cave? No, I haven't. There you go. have to look it up later and find out whereabouts it is because I've never heard of it either. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we've known about this creature since uh, 1877 when um, uh, partial bones were found. A skull was found in 1969, um, a couple of forelimbs and so forth. But we knew very, very little about this uh, creature, one of the early um, megafaunas here in Australia. So our megafauna included you know, wombats the size of hippopotamuses and and kangaroos the size of uh, um, Cape Buffalo and, you know. Really? Oh, yeah, huge. Everything, 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 the the, the crocodiles, you know, 60-odd feet long. Wow. Dragonflies a metre across. Everything was so much bigger back in the day. Um, And so, yeah, they've been able to study a complete skeleton this time, found in this particular cave, which has revealed uh, a lot about this uh, particular hunter. Okay. And so, yeah, he's not actually called a drop bear. He's called a thylacolicarnifex. <laughs> I can see why you went with drop bear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, very, very clearly a drop bear when you uh, read the description of him. He was somebody who had strong forearms with large claws on them that he could use both for tree climbing and for obviously grabbing hold of prey. He was not a runner. Um, he was a slow creature, much like a Tasmanian devil, mm-hmm. um, who would ambush his prey, um, possibly by yeah, literally, you know, dropping out of a bear, uh, out of the out of a tree on top of them. Yeah. 
Um, let me see. What else did we find out about him? He had feet like a gigantic brush tail. Okay, so this was a creature the size of a lion. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big, big animal. Big animal. Had the short body of a koala, Mm -hmm. uh, the stiff lower back of a Tasmanian devil. Um, and this is, this is something interesting because they've never actually been able to study his tail before because they've never had a tail before, but now they've been able to study his tail. A bit like a tail of a kangaroo that it enabled him to sit upright and balance on his tail. So you could sit up, balance on his tail, yeah, yeah. and look around, look around the place, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, like a meerkat or something? Yeah, I guess that kind of um, sitting posture. Mm-hmm. Um, front teeth, a little bit like a wombat. Um, premolars like bolt cutters, uh, much like uh, you might find in Tasmanian Devil. They theorize that he may have had stripes like a Tasmanian tiger. Um, yeah, so an interesting, an interesting creature. Definitely a drop bear right here. You're saying that with such confidence. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you get a large bear-like creature, you know, the body of a koala bear that attacks its prey by dropping out of a tree. Although everything, I th- everything I read here, this is a drop bear. <laughs> I think we need to mention to our perhaps confused listeners that dro- weren't, wasn't the concept of a drop bear invented as a prank. It was invented as a prank, but now they've found one. <laughs> I'm not really sure when it was first discovered. When it was first discovered in 1877, it was described as the fellest of all creatures. Oh wow! The fellest. The fellest. It's not the fairest. No, no, no. The the fellest. You know what the fellest is? No, I don't. Cruel, fierce, and terrible. Oh, that's not very nice. Yeah. Well, you imagine. Okay, so you take your Tasmanian (laughs) devil. Yeah. And it has jaws that are eight times stronger than a pit bull terrier. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you take that and give that to a creature the size of a bear. Right? Mm-hmm. Now you are dealing with a really serious animal. I don't think I am, Lyle. And you combine it with a bear that um, ambushes its prey mm-hmm. by potentially dropping out of a tree. That is a drop bear. The thing is, Lyle, right. So it might have been invented as a prank, but now we've found one. If it was really the fellest of them all, mm. why didn't it survive? If it was so fierce and hardcore and could just, you know... Rule the roost. Why? Why did it die out? Is what happened to all of our megafauna and megaflora? You can't say that because we still got kangaroos and wombats and crocodiles. Yeah, but nothing like smaller. The, that's right. Absolutely. So have, where are our smaller still, drop bears? We still have Tasmanian devils, and but that's not one of these fellest animals. Yeah. Well, the, 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 I think I just smashed your the theory, th- didn't the I? The thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. Like that. Was I lost f- this argument. Look in your no, eye. No, I haven't lost this argument. <laughs> I'm winning this argument right no. now. No. In fact, it is one. The thylacine was a very Thellest animal. The what now? The thylacine. What is that? This is a different animal, the same one. No, no, this is a different one. I don't know what it is. It's a Tasmanian tiger. Oh, okay. We know what happened to the Tasmanian tiger. Or humans hunted it out. Yeah. But humans didn't hunt out this drop bear. Oh, and Mon says this with such confidence because Mon was there to know this. When was this animal discovered? Um, mm-hmm. first there you go. The, the, first, the, first, um, the first skeletal pieces in 1877. Uh, but this oh, look, I suppose the Aboriginals could have hunted it. Yeah, of course they could have done. Yeah, yeah. that's probably. Uh, that's, that's but the do you really think the small number of Aboriginals that are on the entire country hunted it to extinction? Well, the theory is, and I don't have. Any we all pa- know. I that don't have any particular reason to disagree with the theory. Is that a combination of uh, hunting mm-hmm. and uh, climate change? Okay. So Australia has gone through some fairly dramatic climate change. We know that. There's no no disputing that in the past. 
and uh, you know climate change much more severe than what we are facing right now has been you know faced by the planet at various stages in the past. It just depends on how far in the past you want to put that climate change. Okay. Yeah, I'd put it like maximum of four thousand years in the past. Others would put it, you know, a lot more than that. But um, what I find interesting is that evolution. When you think about evolution, evolution by nature should be creating greater diversification of species. Which it is not. And what you find is the exact opposite when yeah. you study evolution. I mean, look, here in Australia, we're losing hundreds and hundreds of species, you know, just in the last couple of hundred years. Hundreds of species. You know, mm. they, just, they just found a new plant, not a new plant, but an old plant that had been, they thought it had been extinct for like 70 years and they found it, but it's not a furry critter, so nobody really cares about it. But, uh, you know, they thought that no one had seen one for like 70 years and they just, just found it again. And it's kind of exciting for people who are into green things rather than furry Bossless. things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. I would love to see a drop bear. Me too. They need to, they need to change its name from uh, Thylacole Carnifex to Drop Bearless. Drop Bearless. Drop Bearless. Drop Bearless. Drop Bearless Australia. I like that one. Drop Bearless. Drop Bearless. Absolutely. I would campaign for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My vote's on Tropus Bearus. <laughs> there you go. Let's, let's, let's submit that one. Okay. But while we're talking about critters, the fastest critter in the world has been discovered, and guess where it is? Uh, is it in Africa? Is it called nope, a cheetah? not in Africa, and it's not called a cheetah. It is right here in Australia. Oh, is it like an emu or something? Not the emu. What is it? It's the Dracula ant. Oh, really? Mm, have you ever seen a Dracula ant? N- no, I haven't. But I saw I saw something blip on the news and I was like, oh, what is that about? Dracula ant, um, it can move its jaws, right, cop this, from zero to 320 kilometers an hour in 0.000015 seconds. Wow. That's five thousand times faster than the blink of an eye. So we could we actually see that with the human eye? No. No. It's impossible to see with the human eye. They had to um use extremely um you know high speed camera to be able to photograph it and then measure it to be able to identify it, you know, zero to three hundred and twenty kilometers an hour. Can I just ask though, so when you said the fastest animal, it's not like in running, this is like in movement. some sort of movement. In yeah. movement. Yeah. Fastest animal in movement. Um, and uh, it's called the Dracula ant because, this is interesting, it drinks the blood of its own larvae. So it lays larvae, Ew. and then it feeds off the blood of its larvae, but leaves enough blood in there so that the larvae still survives. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah, this is yeah. really yeah. I thought that might spoil yeah. your morning. Yeah, there goes my breakfast. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a breakfast show, Lyle. You just ruined breakfast for everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, and so here's another story that I might just... Uh, Darren's coming in here in a moment, and uh, he'll be in for the next section. And maybe I'll keep this next story for him because uh, New South Wales, super exciting uh, piece of legislation that they're bringing in 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 relationship to education. I'm going to run this one past Darren Pratt, who is the expert on all things child-related. Oh. Um, and he'll be joining us right after this uh, this next section to talk about what, um, what he's going to be talking about Christmas. But uh, before he talks about Christmas, he's going to be talking about, well, I'm going to ask him about this particular story right here, about what New South Wales is banning in classrooms.
That was Anna Bleeden with Genuine Love here on Faith FM. We got another clue for our quiz there, Mon. Yes, we sure do. Clue number, what are we up to? Number three. Who am I? I had a shield bearer go before me in battle. I guess, I don't know, was his shield so big he couldn't carry it himself? Darren, the light, the, I just saw the lights go on. <laughs> Darren, I think he knows what it is. Welcome to the show, by the way, Darren. Yes, good to be back. Good to be back on radio. And uh, Darren, of course, is the expert on all things in relationship to children, a regular, uh, makes regular appearances here on Faith FM. And we were just discussing about the biggest news story in religious news that has hit probably, I don't know, in how many years? Decades, probably in yep. decades, and we can't talk about it. Yeah, but why can't we talk about it? The government has suppressed it. Does that mean what? You will need to go overseas to find this news story because here in Australia the government has suppressed it. How, since when are we communists? Like, this is ridiculous. No, well, apparently there's more cases to come. Um, so they've suppressed it. They've suppressed the whole trial to try and give him a fair trial because they think it might be biased. And so there's more cases to come apparently for this for this um, particular case. So I guess we'll hear more about yeah. it in the new year. <laughs> I have uh, like my conspiracy theory brain is just like going nuts right now. <laughs> it's okay, just so like if, if our if our listeners are interested to know what it is we're talking about that we can't actually talk about, we should tell them to go online and Google. You have to have like one of those VPNs or something. But rather. what what? What keywords can they Google to find out? No, Just not Google high-profile cases in Australia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. High-profile <laughs> cases in Australia. Google that. Uh, dear. Anyway, changing the subject, Darren, I wanted to run this one past you this morning because this is a, this is a uh, just, just to kick us off, this is a new story that popped this morning, and that is that New South Wales is uh, bringing in legislation to ban mobile phones from public, private, uh, public, um, Primary schools. Yes, I heard that on the way in on the news, and I think it's a very good move. Um, I'd like to see it move to high schools as well. Um, that might be a bit controversial, but I think it needs to be banned from all schools. Well, one of the things that I find, you know, teachers like, oh, we need mobile phones in uh, in high schools for educational purposes, and I'm sort of thinking, you know what? Kids these days with their mobile phones, you don't need to teach any kid. That, 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 they need to teach me about how to use them, not not you know, the That's other right. way around. We don't need to have that. And in school. most schools now have plastic iPads and things anyway. If they need that sort of thing, sure, yeah. Um, there's a whole lot of research around about how technology is actually dumbing down our kids rather than um, making them smarter too. There's a that's controversial, but I've read research around um, some some of our uh, more um, private schools actually banning um, laptops and iPads from their oh, classrooms because really? they, they believe it paper? interferes with. Yeah, I mean, it, it speaks volumes that in um in Silicon Valley over there in California, a lot of the engineers that work with techn- technology advances are raising their kids completely oh, yes. screen yeah, free. screen free. Doesn't that speak volumes about where it's at? But it the does. problem is, something happens in the in the classroom or in the um in playground, and it's tweeted home before even the school knows about it and able to deal with the issue. So that's the issue they're getting is um, all sorts of things happening. Um, also, photographs and things being shared that shouldn't be shared. Um, there's a lot of issues around mobile phones in our schools. Yeah, online bullying, distraction, yes. uh, pornography. Um, these, are the, these are the big issues that, you know, and when you've got primary schools, I mean, fair income, primary school kids sharing pornographic images, you know, really, really hardcore explicit stuff and sort of, you know, Laughing at it like, oh, this is hilarious, and and you know what is Destroying that training? And what is that doing to a young child's brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's this true. Was, this was as a result of a uh, an expert review uh, carried out by child psychologist Dr. Michael Carr Gregg, um, who looked at fourteen thousand um, considered fourteen thousand surveys and eighty submissions on the on the subject. 
and uh, many of the comments that were received from were from students themselves saying that they believed that this would be a positive thing to do would be to ban uh, phones from schools. I think it's a great thing. Um, really, really, it's going to make our classrooms and our schools a better place for learning. I mm-hmm. believe, um, and a safer place. So, what about uh, dumb phones rather than smartphones? You know, the old style, like just had numbers on it. I think. Well, the thing is, why do you need them? There's a mm-hmm. landline for the school to phone home for any issues or to phone the mobile of the parent. So there's no real need to have them in our primary schools. Um, I think, um, yeah, a lot of times the parents want them so that they're separated, they can contact their child, especially um, get access to their child. Um, but during school hours, a child's learning anyway in a learning environment. And so I think... Um, you leave the phone in the bag, leave it off, and turn it on after school if need be. It's not like back in the day when, you know, most of our primary school kids would uh, just sort of leave school and then walk home. You know, most of them are, uh, are um, you know, being picked up by parents and this kind of thing. So they're not really in an unsupervised um, environment where they would um, you'd need them for the emergencies and that kind of thing. On no, I think just time. having the bag and have it off if need be, if then you really have to have one before and after school. You'll be in the bag and have it turned off. Yep. I quite like the, the concept that you just mentioned where some schools are even going so far as to say no computers and no laptops in their classrooms either because, I mean, I remember when I was in, in uh, just the last year of primary schools when they introduced computer as a subject, as a topic they had to learn and having to learn how, like, you know, figure out a keyboard and where to put my fingers and that kind of thing. But kids don't need that education at all these days. I mean, you just mentioned it, but it's so true. Kids could, will learn that stuff themselves They, they, learn, that, they learn that kind of thing just by, in the, in the way that we yeah. learn to talk and to walk, yeah. they learn they learn. How many skills. babies these days, like the parents are telling us, oh, it can turn on an iPad before it could even speak or walk. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen two-year-olds able to swipe and get to the yeah. apps and yeah. say, well, what's with that? We, <laughs> need to, we can like save so much time on the curriculum by just taking off any sort of... T- technological classes because they're all going to know they don't need to be taught that stuff at school if you're a teacher why don't you give us a call 1-800-324-843 we would love to hear from you and get your opinion on should phones be banned from schools seems like in New South Wales we're going to follow the French model and do exactly that I'd love to see screens banned now on another subject Darren we've been copying some flack we have been we have been copying some flack over the issue of Red Dead Redemption so this is a violent video game that uh, Darren posted a, uh, a, a soapbox on and I shared it on, uh, on our social media because I thought it was excellent. And uh, the gamers have been arcing up. Yes, yes, and this is quite interesting. It always happens um, when you post something like this. Um, the issue is that, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of controversy out there around the research. I've, I've listened to, I've read, I've sat at the feet of um, professors from here and overseas who have shown a clear link between playing violent video games and and aggression and violent behaviour. There's a clear link. But there's been enough thrown into the um, mix by, you might call the big gaming companies that make huge dollars out of selling these games, just enough thrown into the mix to say, oh, there's there's no research really there. It's it's not clear. So they've muddied the waters just to allow them to keep selling these games. But the peer-reviewed research? Peer-reviewed empirical research is very clear that there is a link. Um, mm-hmm. Ten years ago, there was probably not enough studies out there, but now longitudinal studies being done, um, which are now coming out just recently, that are, that are proving a direct link between violent video games and aggression and violent behaviour. And one of the criticisms that uh, we've been copying is that the only reason we are uh, attacking this particular game is because... It's a game that gives you the opportunity to attack and to kill and to beat up 
innocent, defenseless women. And so this is just a feminist thing. And I'm, my my counter argument is: look, if the feminists have given us a weapon to use against you know violent video games, then I'll but, use that weapon. We'll use, yeah. That's, that's um, as good a weapon as any. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I actually you know, they're like, oh, it's just because it's politically correct right now, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, well, hey, they've given me a weapon. I'm going to use it if it's politically correct right now, and our society is worried about this particular issue. Then I'm going to use that one. I don't know if you saw the case at Weekend Two where um someone got charged. They were actually playing a game, and they had the screen on where they show themselves playing the game. This is the big rage now is to actually video yourself playing the game and put it up on YouTube. This guy was doing it live streaming it and and in the process he's he's heard and um off screen abusing his partner. Mm-hmm. Um and and now he's been charged because of um what he was doing. Now you can't say, Oh, that was the game that caused that but he was playing the game when it happened. Yeah. Um but there's a lot of things around there and, and I it's not the first game I've talked about. There's there's violent video games, Grand Auto Theft Five, for example, is one I've talked about in the past. Um mm. it's not just this game, it's a whole series of games where where violence against women and and pornography against women is is explicit mm-hmm. in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am. I'll stand on my soapbox and say, "No way!" Yeah, um, I'll stand up for women in our society. We <laughs> treat them with respect and and the honour they're due, um, the the equality they're due. Um, that's um, a society value. Mm-hmm. It's also a biblical value that I think we all should stand for. Absolutely, no question. Now. Um Getting to the subject that we originally decided to get you on here about, and that was your Christmas soapbox. Tell us about your Christmas soapbox. Yes, I've got a soapbox up. It's on um, both our spiritual parenting app, which you can download in the App Store. Um, it's a good little app to help you learn how to spiritually parent your child. Um, so spiritual parenting, is that what we search for? Just search spiritual parenting and you'll find it. Um, it's um, a great little app that gives you a daily um, reminder of things you can be doing to help help grow your kids spiritually um, in a whole lot of different areas. Um, but on there yesterday is making Christmas real for kids. Mm, Fantastic, because yes. there's so much about Christmas that is not real. It's about toys. And yes, and Santa. And oh, plastic yes. <laughs> rubbish and mm-hmm. yeah, all sorts of things. And, 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 yeah, all those Christmas things are great, but sometimes we get so caught up in all the... Um, hurrah around mm-hmm. Christmas, and it's at a time when families face a lot of stress and a lot of family violence and breakup does occur because of the stresses that are around and the hype around Christmas. And so just back to basics and let's make Christmas a memory event and make it real for kids. So I've got some things there that we can do. All right, run us through some some of the, uh, the Darren Pratt tips on how to make Christmas yes. real. Number one is time. Children spell lovers T-I-M-E, and far more than any Christmas gift, what they want most of all is time with mum and time with dad. We often get busy in this world with 24-7 living and 24-7 working and shifts and things that makes time with our kids a real issue. So use Christmas to make sure you get some valuable time with your children. Um, Yeah, a gift of time is the best present we can give them. We earn the right as a parent to speak into our kids' lives at the age of 16 and 18 when we've spent significant quality playtime with them in the years leading up to that age. Mm, so gift number one is there time. There you go. Fantastic. Number two, and this is an awesome Christmas tradition, table togetherness. Um, time spent around the table is never wasted. Good food 
Christmas is all about good food, <laughs> conversations and intergenerational family togetherness when the family comes together. Around the table is an awesome time when memories are made. Christmas is about family and about eating. So gather around the table, enjoy the good food and good company. Children learn values around the table. Yeah, fantastic. So, and this is, I mean, this is, a, this is something that um, it shouldn't happen just once a year at Christmas, should it? No, it should be a regular, I say, if, well, research says if kids have three and four times per week around a table, around a meal, there's a whole lot of research around better um, outcomes for school, um, better outcomes for um, not being involved in at-risk behaviours, and, and better outcomes for learning values. So mm. I'll take that as a dad. I can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a hard thing to do. That's right. Number three. Let me know in the time factor. Yeah, you just, you just keep going. We'll keep worry going. about the time, yeah. Number three, limit technology. Put the eye gadgets to one side and connect together this Christmas. There's nothing worse than seeing families travel with the DVDs on for kids in the back. Not more controversial, but uh-huh, you see a car uh-huh. traveling at Christmas time and, uh-huh. and each one has their own little DVD player and they're in the car and they're disconnected. So I'm saying... Put the technology to one side, um, interact, talk, play car cricket. Okay. Or I Spy. I Spy, that was the one we used to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, or Spoto. Yes. Spoto was Spoto. Best, yeah. Yes, yes. It's okay for kids to be bored, by the way. This gives the kids' brains time to recalibrate, process, and rest for a while. So, so use the travel time you're traveling to family to to allow those to actually connect with your kids. Happen. Connect, mm. yes. Yeah. So yeah. you're going on that road trip, that Christmas road trip. Connect with your kids. Number four, and it will keep you more alert as well. That's right. It keeps keeps the driver <laughs> keeps the driver more alert. It'll bring our road toll down. Looking for that horse or that cow or something else mm-hmm. that you've got. We do. We have seven things you've got to find. And you say bingo if you find them. So you have a horse and a cow and a, a windmill and and whatever else and. First person to find all those things, um, and, and if you find it, no one else can claim that one. So, yeah. We used to do that one. with models of cars. Yeah. yeah. And someone would name a Ferrari and we'd be like stuck for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's your, uh, what's your next one there for Number us? Number four is memories. Traditions and rituals are what binds a family together and helps pass on faith to the next generation. Take that special holiday time, play backyard cricket, cook that special yes. dish, make those decorations, not buy them, make those decorations, go to church, create special rituals and traditions that are celebrated from year to year in your family each Christmas. There's nothing better than backyard cricket. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Know, the, the, the wheelie bin as the, you know, as the, with the wickets or whatever it might be. And, you know, you, you, you six, six, six and out, out, six and out, all those backyard rules. It's Break a window, you're in big trouble. With your yep. Mum, yep. <laughs> use a tennis ball, don't use a cricket ball. That's right. Yeah. But they're always fun, um, the backyard cricket, yeah. And, and, and I, like, I like what you've said there about going to church because it reminds us what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about Jesus Christ. You know, we have made it commercial. We have made it anything but about Jesus Christ and we should make it about Jesus Christ. I think a great activity for families to do is not just for parents to teach their kids what Christmas is really about, but to have the kids be involved in an activity that teaches others about what Christmas is really about. So taking them to do some sort of charity work, taking them to... Ah, that's coming up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me, not, <laughs> let me not get ahead of the list. Go on. Yeah, we're down to four, number five. Number five is story. Take 
time to read the Christmas story, maybe oh, out of the yes. Bible, around the table, or similar. The Christmas story is central to Christmas, and we need to help our children understand the reason for Christmas and the part they play in it. And I would add, before opening presents. I love that. Because Ooh, then yes. you teach them not only the Christmas story, but delayed gratification as well. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> very good, very good. I was actually reading last night about an Icelandic tradition, which I posted on Facebook, where Christmas Eve is all about the giving, you love this, Mon, the giving of books Oh yeah, and chocolate. Oh, hello. <laughs> it's an Icelandic tradition. So actually, I'm moving to Iceland, boys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a book and you get chocolate and you sit there Christmas Eve and you read. I, I love that. I love that. Yep. A good tradition. Number, um, where are we? I've lost it now. Number five is I talked about story, telling the, the Christmas story. Um, just wait, my Facebook here has, has gone. Um, number six is about giving. Often we like um, the idea of um, getting presents, and our kids love getting presents and talk about delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. What about the, the giving of presents? Yes. Um, and, and especially to those that have needs, um, special needs, or at Christmas time when they're facing financial stress. Um, I know at some schools they actually take up a can collection for the salvos, things like that, yeah. to make Christmas special. So, yeah, and, and, and not just giving to uh, people that have got lots of stuff, but giving to people that have very little stuff. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was a teenager, my mum and I used to have this uh, Christmas tradition back in Perth because we, we were German. We celebrated on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Day, we actually had free time and we would go to um, this big charity event where they'd put on a huge Christmas feast for all the homeless and impoverished and anyone who's even just isolated. Yeah. And you would work as a host of each table. So you were assigned a table and you had to be the hostess and deliver the food and chat to the people. And it actually really gave me an insight as to how other people were, cel- were, were, were experiencing their Christmas. And it wouldn't necessarily say they were celebrating, but how they were experiencing yeah. Christmas. But so, for yeah. our kids, that's huge to, to yeah. get, that, get that insight into Christmas. Absolutely. So participating in a food bank, visit the elderly, a hospital or similar, or a retirement home, um, and make Christmas special for others. Help your kids get the bigger picture that's more blessed to give then to receive. How many more points have you got here on the Christmas soapbox, Darren? One more. Okay, one more. Let's hit it fast. Number seven, presents. Make mm-hmm. sure that the presents are practical and kept under reasonable control. <laughs> a good form to use for presents is this. Give them, number one, something they want. Number two, something they need. Number three, something to wear. And number four, something to read. That makes an awesome Christmas gift package, I believe, for your kids. Um, and so a stage going overboard, they're practical and, and something they can do together. And something that's not ridiculously expensive and uh, something that will you know, point them to Christ. Yeah, that's right. I love it. It was an excellent Christmas to-do list. Thank you so much for joining us today, Darren. Um, it's telling awesome us about to be here. And, yeah. and very Merry Christmas to you and um, Mon and Thank to you. all our listeners. Absolutely. And the, uh, the Christmas, the, sorry, the, the, the Darren Soapbox, is there a hashtag for that? Um, just search for Darren Pratt. Darren Pratt and look for his soapbox. We'll uh, help you out with a hashtag for it so we can make those uh, all of those soapboxes easy to find because they are just Or they're fantastic. on the app if you get the app. Okay, just on the app. The app. Uh, the app, there you go. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to move on with uh, Fernando Ortega and this is uh, the Doxology.
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. 